This is a yeah, Christian value-based podcast. You yeah, know. I got some holy water for that face if you need it. You know, so, oh, oh, God. To press sweet. Yo, what's good? It's your boy. South Bridge 706, the Mandalorian on Twitter. This is the Committee Podcast. We have our uh, usual host that uh, show up, uh, Marcus Sniffles and uh, <laughs> Mr. Savage. Shout out to El Chapa. What's up? What up? <laughs> what's up? I'm, I'm always. I'm also give a shout out to uh, the homie that is battling. Do you call it like a sickle cell flare up or? I think shows a crisis. Crisis. Okay. So uh, shout out to Angelic Flows. Um, and I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Rev underscore Rev Run for calling me an old man. So I'd still clap your cheeks, but okay. Wait a second. What? What's what are we doing? Okay, I'm not. Okay, so. Oh dang! I forgot. I'm, I'm sorry. I went to church today. My bad. I'm so appreciate everybody listening, all the new listeners who checked out last week's episode. If you haven't done that, go back and check that out. Uh, comment on uh, SoundCloud. Drop a uh, review on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate everything going on. And just kind of jump into it with uh, Angelica, who is uh, suffering from a a flare-up with her sickle cell. Uh, the coronavirus has been the huge topic of discussion across the timeline. It has started like pandemonium amongst the streets. You know, you can't buy toilet paper. People are trying to flip a uh, hand sanitizer. Like there's a gentleman in Tennessee that had 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer that he was trying to price gouge for. And uh, I guess Amazon wasn't let him sell it because it's like, hey, man, that's kind of fucked up. And the feds, uh, they said, you know what, we're going to confiscate all of your hand sanitizer. So he was trying to be the plug and got shut down. But it's kind of interesting because, like, I mean, that's kind of capitalism. That's America. That's how we live. Like most drug prices shouldn't be what they were, but they you know, charge you, you know, 10x amount with the prices. I saw somebody tweet out to like the price of three aspirin if you take an emergency room visit is like $300 or something like that. So, I mean, it's kind of the American way. So, I mean, it sucks that the homie lost all his hand sanitizer, but I mean, it's kind of a double standard. But wouldn't he have a problem selling it though? But well, he couldn't Am- sell it on Amazon, but yeah, I, mean, they- I don't, I feel like that's up to Amazon. That's Amazon's prerogative to be like, hey, you can either sell this or not. Like they got to sign up. Like you just can't sell anything on Amazon. Like I can't put my kids on Amazon to sell. You know what I'm saying? So you could try. Yeah, I, I thought about it today. Honestly, let me tell you. Hold on, quick. <laughs> let me tell you what this little nigga did. So it was like he woke up and like because it's the weekend, so he obviously wakes up early for some reason, and it was like six thirty ish, and he's like, "Oh, I heard to go to the bathroom." So he goes to the bathroom and he's standing up to pee. And he's like, I gotta go poop. And he's like still half sleep. So instead of being a normal person and sitting down to pee and poop at the same time, he decides to stand up and pee and poop at the same time. So you can just imagine where that, <laughs> you can imagine where that went. So at, at that moment, I was like, how do I put my child up for adoption? Because he just shat on the floor at 6.30 in the morning. Gets on my nerves. Amazon, come get him. Hey, shout out uh, No Kid Gang. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we out here, we out here cashing uh, coronavirus fl- flight prices. You know what I'm saying? I actually just got back from Seattle. Mm. Um, I wasn't going to let the coronavirus scare me from the, the trip that I already booked. Um, 
but it was interesting going out there. Um, I've never been to Seattle, but I mean, it is a major city and some points of the day, it looked like uh, the walking dead. Like there was like no traffic. There was no cars. There weren't people. Um, I went to go to a seafood restaurant. We walked over there and it was closed. There's quite a few signs on restaurants saying like, Hey, we're going to be closing early or opening early just because the business isn't there. Um, to put it in perspective, if you weren't aware, the first Starbucks is actually originated in Seattle at the uh, Pikes Place Market. Like if you watch the NFL and watch Seahawks games, that's the place where they go and they're like throwing the fish and catching the fish and all that shit. It's like a bunch of fresh seafood. It's actually pretty cool if you've never been to Seattle. Uh, definitely check it out. But to put it in perspective, um, we were talking to one of the, the waiters and he said typically it takes about an hour to get into the original Starbucks. Yeah, me and the wife walked right in. <laughs> No wine, no wait, no people. So I was like, hmm. Yeah, so it it was definitely, they're definitely struggling out there. But the crazy thing is there's still people flying. There's old people, young people. I mean, there are some people that have masks on, but it's not deterring as many people as you would think. But the the service industry is being hit, man. Like the, the waiter we spoke to at one of these pizza places said that some restaurants have shut down since the coronavirus outbreak is taking place. Like not temporary clothes like they are out of business after losing probably a couple of weeks of business so definitely if you're out there doing takeout or you know paying for uber definitely uh, tip your people pretty well um it was pretty cool what he said was like hey if there's a restaurant in the local area that's struggling um they pick nights and get all their people to go to one restaurant to kind of boost their sales for the night so they can kind of take care of each other so i found that kind of interesting you know kind of an apply to you know some humanity that goes on in this country still but yeah definitely if you're you know know people in the food service industry keep them in your your thoughts your quote-unquote thoughts and prayers uh, also the weed man um okay. you know shout out to the weed man like i don't know if he's uh, struggling right now or not but you know the the weed game is a hand-to-hand business and one of the things we have to do is uh, social distancing and washing our hands and we you know the people that are users of the weed cannot confirm or deny if their weed person washed their hands before they bag it up like are we are you willing to risk you know corona for getting high i don't know i don't know so he might be struggling business might be booming i don't know so you know keep those guys in your thoughts and prayers also like the barbers like there was a discussion on the timeline a couple weeks ago or a month ago about people paying a hundred dollars for haircuts but i mean the barber's another up close and personal kind of uh kind of meeting that you have to have where he's you know his hands are in your face he's in your hair he's right by your face i mean you gotta make sure he's sanitary so let me ask a quick question have y'all seen that one video of the guy yeah my kids i don't uh, think you get it that that that's not real I, somebody said it was like some sort of face cleaning technique there's no way that dude's face well they put the dirty. fibers in your hair to kind of make it darker and make it Bro, look full for the tape up i don't know what that was no, they're saying like there's there's like techniques where you can scrape off dead skin, but if that was dead skin. That was like thirty years worth of dead skin. That that was crazy. I don't I know mean, what's going on with that. I mean, I don't know if you heard. It's gay to wash your face, so it's gay to exfoliate. No hashtag is gay to exfoliate. We're not with that gay shit over here. Yeah, so definitely keep the people, you know, outside of normal jobs in in your thoughts and prayers, and just you know, be a good human being at times, but. Yeah, Seattle was cool. Definitely check it out. I do want to go back post coronavirus to see like how different the uh, the population is. So, but yeah, definitely be safe. I wash my hands. I carry hand sanitizer with me all the time. You know, 
So if I disappear off the timeline a couple of weeks, just, you know, RIP breeze, because I probably contracted the coronavirus. So, but I was not the only one traveling and out and about. Uh, Marcus was uh, recently met one of the uh, best rappers in the game. So I'll let him uh, jump into that. Okay. So uh, this past weekend, I went to Atlanta. People think I hate Atlanta because I tell the truth about the Falcons, but I actually love Atlanta. Every time I go there, I always enjoy myself. But uh, I went and saw uh, Rhapsody in concert in Atlanta. And I remember, like, what were we talking about? It might have been when her album first came out or we were talking about something with, like, female rappers and, like, how, you know, we got to support them and, like, go to, go to their shows and talk about their albums on Twitter, all that stuff. And I just felt like when I saw those tickets on sale, I was like, I, I can't be a hypocrite, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta, I gotta keep the same energy, you know. Like if I, if I'm on this podcast saying like, hey, we gotta support female rappers, we gotta talk more about uh, uh, female rappers that are actually, you know, legit like bar spitters or, or or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And and tweet like it's one thing to tweet about it, it's another thing to actually, you know, go to the shows because that's where uh, rappers make most of their money, like album streams and all that stuff are fine, but. Uh, rappers make most of me on tour, and I got lucky because uh, because of the coronavirus. Uh, that was her last show. Like she had two more shows, and I think she had a show in Charlotte and Raleigh, and those two shows got canceled. So I got to see the one in Atlanta. So uh, it was a go. It was a really good show. Like, and I did the. Uh, they had a meet and greet option to where you could you could meet her before the show, and it's it's wild when you see like. Uh, artists or performers when they're not doing what they're doing because when you when I met her she's like she's obviously a small woman and kind of soft-spoken and just like really chill but then like you know you, you go through the opening acts and all that stuff and then you as soon as she gets on stage it's like she's a totally different person when she gets on that mic it's like you know you go up and you go and talk to her she's like five two but then she gets on the mic, she's like six five. And she's got like this persona where it's just like this is not the same woman that I met before the show. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And she also uh the her opening act was uh Ciroc, the MC, who's a, a female rapper, and Heather Victoria, who's a an R and B singer. And that Big Crit came out too for for her set, which was pretty cool. So uh it was a it was a dope show and like I said, if you if you really support if you're if you're a fan of rappers and a fan of rap music and want these rappers to to get more shine and more you know recognition, go see them on tour. Atlanta is a great place to go see because they every every tour that an artist goes on, they're gonna go to Atlanta every time. And Atlanta has a lot of dope spots to eat at. It's real cool. So definitely hit hit up hit up ATL. Yeah, it, there was like a, a, a short period on Twitter where people fake cared about female rappers. Yep. So yeah, I that, couldn't that do period. It. I, it couldn't be. I can't. You 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 can't say that about me. I got the I got the meet and greet uh, lanyard right here. So I got I got. I'm gonna post some videos on Twitter or whatever. But yeah, it's it's one thing to tweet about like, oh, we're gonna support female rappers, but like, what else are you doing? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I actually so, meant to. I meant to save a uh, Dojo Cat's last project to listen to on the flight, so I got to add that to the list. 
but yeah, Rhapsody's definitely got some some bars. She got some good music. Her last two albums were great. I think her the recent one she put out was a bit. I think it was a bit long. I think I was my complaint about her last two albums, but I mean, it's, that's neither here or there. She's definitely got some some joints on there. So, so I got a question for you because now I was supposed to actually be in Atlanta too Friday. #ATO orgy, but Thank yo, what's up? No, I was actually going to go see my boo bear, um, Erica Badu. By Friday, the scented pussy candles. Where this gonna be okay. on the menu? Um, excuse me, I went to a revival a week ago. Can we please adjust the language? So, and as everybody has seen on Twitter, of course, me with the cross, I've given my life back over. Uh, are you drinking beer? What the hell? Mind your business. Wow. So, what day was your concert? Because, like, mine Friday, like, I got an email in the morning saying it was canceled. It was at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta as well. It was on the 11th. Oh, okay. So you went a little bit early. Okay. So then you did get lucky because, like I said, mine was on the 12th or the 13th, whatever Friday was. And yep, 13th at eight o'clock. And it was canceled. And I was so mad, man. Like I've, I've been trying to see this woman for so long. Another missed opportunity. And then I can't even get my money back because it's postponed and not actually canceled. Mm. Sitting here in limbo. Like they're really tripping with this coronavirus. I want to go to Atlanta, go to Slutty Vegan, go to the Vortex, you know, Papa those, do my thing. How are you going to go to Slutty Vegan and then go to Vortex? Like, those are two oh, opposite ends business. of the spectrum. Yeah, mind your business. They're actually mm-hmm. not. One of them serves beef with cheese and stuff like that. The other one is Impossible Patties. They do have the chicken head, which is a chicken sandwich. So hmm. it's not that far-fetched. It's not a healthy vegan spot at all. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, the coronavirus is is all over the place, man. Just you know, be careful with uh, who you listen to. There's like, I guess, pastors out here selling like coronavirus cure oh, yes. packages, and apparently, the uh, Talcum X Sean King is uh, starting a C19 help squad. So if you see that, you know, just have your scammer uh, your scammer alert on because what, what it, are they doing with the help squad? Like what what are bro, they doing? I, I don't know. Uh, it's already been uh it's already been coined a scam already so um wow. yeah what's not you know just use the cdc use like real organizations if you're trying to get help with uh the coronavirus and getting support and getting treatment or getting supplies i i wouldn't rely on questionable social media c-list personalities so um that's that's probably not the way to go but real quick before we move on, there was a tweet last week that I completely forgot about that I want to talk about real quick. Um, just kind of, I was trying to figure out like, hey, is this like black privilege or something like that? So the homie Michael Pratt, he's been on the podcast. If you don't follow him, definitely go follow him at Project Pratt on Twitter. He's uh, one of the uh, great follows if you're into music and stuff like that. He's pretty funny. He's pretty witty on Twitter. He's a uh, his wittiness might have got him into a little bit of uh, hot water, you know. He's, uh, you know, he's plugged into the industry low key, so you know the powers that be had him remove one of his tweets, and I was like, damn, bro, that shit was actually super funny, super funny. But you know, they kind of got him out the paint, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the tweet, but uh, can't believe I didn't save it. The gist of the tweet was talking about, um, you know, Megan Thee Stallion had her deal 
go kind of sour with uh, Jay Prince and whoever. Uh, hold on, explain Mega's deal. I'm gonna find the tweet real quick. Hold on. Um, I mean, from what I understand, it's not it's not a terrible deal. Like it's not like like a slave. Well, I don't want to say that, but it's what was it like? She only got like a. A ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar advance or something like that, and the uh, the production company gets uh, like I think what's it sixty percent of her earnings. Uh, she doesn't uh, own her masters at this point, and from what I from and I, Triples will probably be the the better person to ask about this is from what I understood from what I understand about the music industry is like your first contract sucks. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like if you're if you're in the NFL or a professional athlete, like your first contract is gonna suck. It sucks for everybody until you prove yourself to be worth a better deal and more money, more guarantees, all that stuff. You know, I, that's how I took it. So Megan Thee Stallion, she she is hot now. Like she is hotter than what she was back then. She got signed to Rock Nation and. She has more money now. She has people that can look over her contracts and they looked at it and they're like, hey, and, and she doesn't want to leave that production company. She just wants to renegotiate it. And it's I mean, that, that kind of stuff can get can get messy because when you're when it comes to, you know, business like that, it's like uh, you're getting in getting in bed with the company and you're you're both trying not to get fucked, you know, so. All right, so here's the tweet. So originally Pratt sent out this tweet. It said, the whole time Meg was driving the boat, we didn't realize she was still on the slave ship. And he used a, a, a gif of uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, who may or may not be homeless. And, like, people really got mad at him about that. They were like, oh, pretty much saying because he was white, he couldn't make that tweet and that it's not funny. And I was like, bro, he deleted it. But like some people screenshot like, oh, you were too late. We got it. You know, we saw you say this. And I was like, yo, man, why are y'all getting on my, my for this tweet? Like, this tweet is hilarious. Like they're just mad because they weren't clever enough to, you know, come up with themselves. So I DM'd him. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, you mind if I use this tweet? Like I want to kind of see what happens if I tweet it out versus you tweeting it out. You know what I'm saying? So I tweeted that tweet out. And I got a completely different reaction than he got. Like, people were laughing. They thought it was hilarious. I'm just like, damn, dog. Like, is this black privilege? Like, being able to make slave jokes on Twitter and not get forced to delete my tweet? Because, like, it's a funny-ass tweet. Like, it's it's funny. Like, funny is funny. Like, he, I would say that he, he's a bit of a comedian on Twitter. Like, and, and we've had Pratt on the podcast. So I... I and I guess it's because we kind of know him to an extent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you saw him, you'd be like, eh, you know what? Maybe you should be a tweet like this, my guy. But he, I don't know. I didn't think it was a problem. I saw it and I laughed. I didn't, I didn't get mad about the shit, dog. So it's not like he said the N word or anything like that. It's just he made a funny joke. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, what's that? Man? What's that dude's name? Uh, uh, I can't remember the dude's name, but I mean, like, Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang was funny when I first watched it. And like when I found out like a white dude wrote it, I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, how uh, the, dude be, the dude be beating his dick on the phone with people. Um, <laughs> uh, what's that nasty dude's name? CK, uh, what's it? Louis CK. Louis CK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I found out a white dude wrote that movie, I was like, 
Is this movie funny? Or are they making are they making fun of me? <laughs> Yo, Pootie T was funny. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm, it's like, is he laughing with us or is he laughing at us? And I mean, the, the Pratt tweet, like, I get it. Like, I, I thought it was funny too, but I, I understand why people would, people that don't know him would be like, hey, bro, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you see the tweet that you see the Abby, you're just like, hey, bro, what do you think you're doing making slave jokes, dog? Like, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's. Twitter is weird because people try to come on Twitter. Uh, I think I get this from uh, Andrew Schultz from Marcus's favorite podcast, Brilliant Idiots. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Yo, Andrew Schultz is a funny ass comedian. Regardless of his affiliation, dude's funny as hell in person. But <clears throat> he said that y'all shouldn't come on Twitter and hold me to the same standards that I'm held to at work. You know what I'm saying? Some people come to Twitter to get the jokes off, have a good time talk reckless but then you have the fun police to come on twitter and be like oh blah 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 that's not funny i mean i guess there is a line somewhere like you can't be out here talking about like pedophilia and like all kinds of wild shit but i mean if you're trying to be a little you know let your hair down a little bit loosen your tie up i I don't see a problem with that and again maybe because i know him but i I think i'm pretty fair on twitter if it's funny it's funny man like it's it's kind of like quincy jones said with music there with music is either good or bad like either tweet is funny or it's not funny. You know what I'm saying? The shit the shit was funny, man. Like I just feel like he kind of stray, you know, shout out to him, you know, keep putting out funny ass tweets. So yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of get that. I mean, to an extent, it's kind of like I feel like in the last five, ten years with everything that's been going on, like we as black people have become really uptight about certain things. So you do have a certain group, I don't think it's large, but you do have a certain group that isn't going to let those types of jokes fly no matter how funny they're in. They are. I mean, as long as he didn't say the N-word, like I seen the tweet, it was funny. You're making fun of slavery. Okay, are we going to crucify Leonardo DiCaprio for, you know, his role in Django? Are we going to, you get what I'm saying? That was a great, great role as well, too. Underrated, underrated actor. It's kind of like, okay, come on. It's a joke. Like, let's not be so uptight here like we don't have to always pull the race card um you know just just know when to and when not to i thought it was hilarious too honestly just my thoughts yeah but you know it is what it is shout out to him but i know a lot of people on twitter also and i don't know if it made it off twitter uh i don't know if you guys follow complex which is probably one of the worst publications on twitter but I usually have all their pages blocked, but I guess Complex Sports wasn't blocked. It is now blocked, but they tweeted out that uh, NFL 2K is officially back. And what they had was a picture of Lamar Jackson on the cover of a, I guess, potential NFL 2K football game. And they had the old cover from uh, 2K5 with Terrell Owens on the front. And for you guys that are too young to know what NFL 2K is, um, it's pretty much the NFL equivalent of 2K, NBA 2K. Uh, again, me personally, I was a Madden person, but I, I would admit that 2K was a better game, if that makes sense. It's kind of like Call of Duty versus uh, Battlefield. Like, Battlefield technically is a better game, but honestly, I just want, I don't want to think too much, so I just want to play the game, but at this point, with how trash Madden has been the last couple of years, I'm I'm almost willing to try anything. So Complex was like, oh yeah, 2K is back. And then you read like the first paragraph of the article, which again, nobody on Twitter reads anything, but nobody reads period. But 
like the first paragraph says, unfortunately, for those who really, really want the old 2K back, the new titles will be non-simulation football game experiences. But this news is certainly still notable as it represents 2K getting back in the football business. Also, NFL expanding its gaming properties to going back to better times in both cases there. Doc, Madden is not letting go of them NFL rights. They, they are like a, a, a rabid pit bull. They have locked them shits down. Why would you allow another company to, to get a piece of your money? Because they know if any other company gets the rights to the NFL players, it's a wrap for them. That's why they did in the first place. Like people, and I know man is trash, but you know what? They get my $60 every year. And they know as soon as they let those rights go, I'm going to 2K. Like I'm going to give it a shot because it can't be worse than the trash they put out for Madden every year. But I, I just don't like that they put out that kind of hype beast fake news story. Like 2K is not coming back. You people are trash for even believing that shit. Read the articles. Just just click. It takes 30 seconds. Yeah. Re- reading those articles has forced reading articles in general has forced me to be like, you know what? I'm not going to tweet that because in the article, it clearly says the opposite. But I, I do hope for a day where uh, NFL 2K can make a comeback because I, I haven't played Madden in at least a decade. And I, I do miss playing football and I do miss like building a team and going through franchise mode and all that stuff, going through the draft. Like I do miss that stuff, but I'm not going to continue to give Madden 60 of my dollars every year for updated rosters. I'm not doing it. And that that's the problem with, you know, uh, EA having the rights to the NFL because now that they're the only ones that can make NFL football, they don't, there's no pressure on them to be innovative or to try anything new or to take a risk or at doing something to, they don't have a reason to make a better game. They just can keep making it. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like the, the the iPhone. Like there's there's no pressure for Apple to make to be innovative and take a risk. Oh, they're doing they're like okay, let's add another camera. Let's make the camera better. Let's just keep making the camera better. Like how, how good does this camera need to be? Like do I need am I gonna be taking like 3D pictures soon? Like they're not being innovative, they're not being creative because they don't have to, because they don't have any real competition. Like Androids are out there, obviously, but okay, like they're not putting a dent in Apple. And And for me, EA also, I mean, we have to be honest, 2K has killed NBA Live. So you would have to. true. They they see see the vision. They tried to come back and they were like, damn, we still suck, bro. Like they tried (laughs) and they were like, nah. (laughs) And there was people actually playing live too. I was like, yo, y'all are playing live. People tried. I thought they stopped. I think they came out and like, 2018 or 19, but it was like that was it. Like they tried and it just it didn't make enough money for them to continue. And even you could even make the argument for for 2K. Like I I feel like uh, NBA 2K is one of the better basketball franchises out there. But once they kind of locked that down, they've slowly but surely kind of just been like, yeah, we can just kind of the same game. Yeah, we don't really have to do too much. We can take away some of the stuff that people like. And here's my thing: when it comes to video games. I prefer gameplay over graphics. Like, if you're going to sacrifice gameplay for better graphics, no. Give me better gameplay. I will take in the, the graphics. The graphics were fine five years ago. Like, how, it doesn't need to be so realistic. Like, it's 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 to the point where it's like, it's not going to get any more real. Well, I say that, and then it, you know, the PS5 comes out and shits on everything. But 
if you're going to sacrifice the the gameplay for better graphics, then I'd, I'd honestly just, I'd rather have better gameplay. Because that's what I'm there for. I'm here to play the game, to enjoy the game experience, not to watch a better, watch a better game that plays worse. Hey, shout out to Click clickbait complex for that one uh yeah I, like i seen it when it when it was there and then like i was slightly intrigued i was like okay well i mean if they do that'll be interesting because now i'll admit i haven't purchased madden since i might have eight i might have 19 i think i didn't purchase the new one and i know i have 2k19 because i kind of just said i mean the, the games are so much alike it's like why am I just gonna keep paying 60 bucks? And then, like with 2K, it drops in price so fast, like right around Christmas. Might as well just wait and then you can pick it up for 40 or 35. So, I mean, just for me, it's nothing interesting, it's nothing better that you can do. I, I heard on 20, they kind of integrated a little bit on a part of the game of NCAA, just a, a smidge, and that had me almost ready to buy it because now that's the game that if they drop, I'd be all over that. Outside of that, it's the same thing. Like, I, I went out yesterday, and the person I went out with, I was like, yeah, you know, I haven't bought the new Call of Duty. And they were like, oh, well, I don't even play the shit. You could just have it. And I was like, for real? Like, for free? Like, are you serious? I mean, the games are just repetitive nowadays. But if they drop the 2K, like a 2K21 or whatever, I, I would, for the NFL, I, I, would, I would definitely – Take a look at that, no doubt. Mm. Yeah, they gotta do better. And again, I I say this, and next year rolls around, I'm probably gonna buy Madden again. But it's embarrassing, honestly. It, it is. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a problem. I don't know. I like they take advantage of people who like talking shit. That's pretty much what it is. Like you just get to beat up on people like KJ Dallas kid, and then talk shit about it, or like Tribbles, who I beat the brakes off of here. I think a couple months. ago. I think when it first came out. And Adolphus thinks he's slick. We were actually supposed to have a game for like $200, but, you know, that kind of fell off the map. But it is what it is. I don't play that okay, shit anyway. I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever. I'll, I'll pull up the tweets. But real quick, the kind of <laughs> – yeah, the follow-up last week. <laughs> the follow-up last week, um, I just really did a quick uh, Twitter search on the baby. Yeah, that, that shit went away super fast. Like, I see a uh, tweet from some lady named uh, – Daniel Lay or something like that, dropping a single three days ago featuring the baby called Levi Highs. Like, I don't see nothing about the slap no more. I don't see nothing about no case. Like, nothing. Like, he was that's... just on the song with Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty and Drake and the baby were on that song. Yeah, and I see a lot of people. That's trash, sm- though. Oh, my God. That's all. <laughs> oh, I... uh, what is it called? Oprah's Bank Account? Bank account. Like, I'm, I... I, I... I get what Lil Yachty's doing. Like I, I see that. Like I listen to a couple of his albums. Like I get it. I, I see why people don't like him. But that song is not good. I don't know. I don't know. It, okay, it's not for me. I I don't prefer it. The video is funny though. The video is really good. Yeah, but it's it's crazy, man. Selective morality. Like he clearly duffed some women in the club, and you know. It's new, new, interesting times we live in, man. Like. He's not that good of a rapper to be hitting people. I tell you that right now. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you know what? Cancel culture is over, man. You know, I just started back listening to Yay, listen to R. Kelly. If y'all don't like it, fuck you. I don't care. You know, the nigga <laughs> has a uh, cancel, cool. 
cancel culture has never been a thing, honestly. If we're gonna be honest, it's never been a thing. It only the only person that has actually canceled himself was Daniel Caesar. He's the only one I know that's canceled himself. Everybody else, like that fucking that fucking white dude that says nigga that dances all the time, the niggas in every but everybody's music video. I actually saw a tweet I said about him talking about uh Talking about himself saying the n-word, but you know, we're still supporting him, so well not yeah, we but. like I mean the baby slaps punched the woman in public, like he's gonna pay her off and then we're gonna move on. Like Chris Brown's still out here cooking, doing whatever. Uh I mean like it doesn't matter, like no one is going to get canceled. Like Twitter, Twitter will cancel you, quote unquote, but in real life. Nah, the baby's still getting that feature. He's still gonna get that bag. He's still gonna get these concerts. He's still gonna get these shows. And and what makes it worse is that like his apology was terrible. Damn. It was one of the worst public apologies. Like he was all like, you know, I don't know why. It was kind of like he blamed her for why he hit her or something like that. And even before he apologized, he was all like, Oh, I need someone to uh send me a video of the footage of her throwing the phone at me and I'll give you $10,000 or something like that. I was just like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? But he's still going to be fine. Like, no PR person. Yeah, he needs a better PR person, but I mean, he's not going anywhere. In reality. Well, like uh, Southbreeze said, he's not even as talented of an artist enough to be able to overlook this. But, you know, here we are. I mean, like I said, Kevin Gates on camera, he fucking mooshinely kicked somebody in the chat. Woman, you keep bringing up Kevin Gates, man. I don't think people really listen to him like that. I think like, a large amount of people that listen to Kevin Gates, like he he could. I don't, but if if you if you listen to the podcast and you listen to Kevin Gates, let us know what his best songs are. I know he had the one song and talking about I don't get tired, but that's about it. I heard he was like the. Uh, like a B grade version of Dr. Umar Johnson. Like he'd be saying some wild shit. Like shit that just it sounds like it's very smart, but like it doesn't make any sense at all. So if you are a fan of uh of Kevin Gates, let me know. Probably some people from New Orleans, but that's probably about it. But you know, it is what it is. But I don't know. Moving on. Uh what else we got? Yeah, coronavirus is kind of taking over the world. Uh there's a lot of people on Twitter that apparently have no identity outside of sports. Like they're really having like sports withdrawals. And I'm like, and again, this might sound kind of, kind of weird and kind of, I'm not trying to be contrarian, but like, I really, I really don't care. Like I'm not one of these dope fiends that has to watch poverty football, AKA the XFL, because I have to, I have to watch football. I need my football fixed. Oh my God. Football, 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 watching these fucking B great athletes throw fucking picks all game and sloppy ass football. Like, I'm not built like that. I'll go do something else. Like I'll go read a book, get some tweets off, do some productive, keep up with politics. I'm like, there's other things going on in the world besides football. And I said this before, like when do you get your break from sports? Like you don't need to have, I don't need sports. Sports is not my life. I enjoy sports. I enjoy talking about sports, but it's not, it's not my life. If that makes sense. Well, mid June to maybe July, you get your uh, standard break. I mean, I'm not where you're at. Like I do, I don't watch the games as much, but I will loosely keep up with the NBA. Uh, this season, to me, was actually going to be a remarkable season. I mean, we got almost like a renaissance period of LeBron James. You have the greatness of James Harden and the scoring. You have 
uh, Giannis, who at one point was putting up a top season all time. So it was a lot to like about the NBA season. Um, I am interested in the L.A. versus L.A. if they both can make it to the conference finals. Um, I'm interested to see if Philly was going to implode. So it was some storylines this year that I was definitely interested in. And then also uh, this Harden and freaking Westbrook, they were really starting to cook, you know, before it got canceled out. So, and then Luca, I mean, it's a lot that's going on. So I was interested in that. I, I do go on Bleacher Report and, you know, read the articles. I don't watch the games. I don't watch ESPN, but it was something I'm interested in. Now, with the football take, yeah, I'm not going to watch the XFL. Like, I'd be surprised if they even come back because that's too hard. To yeah, pay. yeah. People, people no, were like, oh. Back. They said they they said they, they, they had, like, a, a plan in place to where they're going to be able to at least do this for, like, another two years. Again, not – okay. It's, I'm it's not for me because, like, was, I barely watch it, college football. So it wasn't out. It was an out. They should have used this as like, hey, we tried. We were semi-strong. But like people on Twitter would be like, oh, oh, the XFL did better numbers in the PGA and the NCAA basketball. It's like, how are you comparing the XFL to sports other people don't watch and try to make that a W? Like, like the ratings. Decent, but that decline, like I think. Every week, I- every single week. I saw less. 4%. Less, no. I saw less and less tweets every single week. It was hot when it first came out, but nothing. The only, thing, the only reason that I would like the XFL to continue is I did. I, there is a story about a, a player. Like he was in, he was a sophomore in college, and like his mom had something, like had cancer or some kind of medical ailment, and she wasn't able to pay for it. And this college kid, he wasn't eligible for the NFL but he was old enough to go to the XFL. So he went to the XFL and he was able to get paid and help his mom out. And he is draft eligible now. So he might be able to make it to the NFL. So for, for that reason alone, I'm, I do want to see the XFL succeed. Cause I, I, I would, pre- I prefer to watch, I'm not going to watch them, but I would like the college athletes to have an option if they're in that predicament. Cause it, there's a lot of college kids in that predicament where it's like, you know, you leave for college and then your mom gets sick, your dad gets laid off, and it's like you want you feel the pressure to help them out and you can't because you're in college. And now it's like, all right, I'm on track to go to the NFL, but I have to wait another year. But my family can't wait another year. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna go to the XFL and get this XFL money and get some get some tape out there and maybe get drafted in. Well my my I, I get that too, but my thing I'm is I'm not watching it though. No, no, I'm saying how did how did gimmick football become more popular than like the AAF because that was kind of supposed to be that path for athletes like that, which is more legitimate. Like well, somebody billionaire man. So he has yeah. the money to and the resources. And uh before all this stuff happened, he was negotiating a deal for WrestleMania, trying to brokerage that between ESPN and Amazon. So I mean he's he's a shrewd businessman. So yeah, go ahead. That's that's the difference, I think, is that at the XFL game. I don't know where the AFF or what's the what is it? AFL. A- A- I didn't watch that either. Yeah. But. I don't know where I don't know where those games are being televised at, but the XFL games are being played on ESPN and Fox. So like, I don't know who did it, but someone got it to where they got a better TV deal. So now their games are on ESPN. Now their highlights are on ESPN. So now you're getting more eyes on them. So that might be the difference. Ooh, yeah, but- I think he uh, had the foresight to brokerage 
the deal for one of his shows, which is SmackDown, to be on Fox. I feel like as a part of the deal, he was like, hey, y'all got to make sure you take these XFL games too. Uh, and speaking of him, and I mean, just like real quick, because everything's getting canceled. They actually still haven't canceled WrestleMania. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be 70,000 people in Tampa where the coronavirus is. Like, wh- who's going to make this move to cancel this event or postpone it? But uh, Vince McMahon, he's a, he's a shrewd businessman. The show must go on. Like I said, he's a billionaire. Yeah, but okay, the NFL has 32 billionaires. So if they really wanted a kind of a farm league for the NFL, I feel like they could have made that happen. Like it feels like it was sloppily rushed together or they just had a terrible marketing team to do that. Plus the thing is with the XFL succeeding, there is like a, a quiet, well, a, a small corner of Twitter and even some national media people that are saying that the XFL is way more progressive than the NFL. Like, I guess there are some sort of uh officiating snafu at the end of one of the games they like immediately like fired the officials people were like oh the nfl should do this too look at the xfl being so progressive like they have nothing to lose they can do stuff like that because again they're playing with house money it's but like, it's in the cba now I'm not trying to jump you know subjects but xfl came with it first okay well just like they- Okay, well, then tying back to what we were talking about with the iPhone, about being innovative, the thing we left out about the iPhone uh, not having to be innovative, they don't have to be innovative because they're just going to steal whatever Samsung does and then say it was great. So, again, if the XFL does something, that's cool. The NFL is just going to steal it and still be more popular and bigger than them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, it's all it, – it doesn't make any sense to me, man. It's, it's one of those things like, okay, you had something that was kind of a little bit more legitimate, something that was kind of more – in the same line with the NFL, not super hokey and all these fucking tricks and nonsense. And now you got the XFL, which is supposed to be a competitor, quote unquote, of the NFL, but it's not even close. Like, just I don't think they're competitive. That's what yeah. that's that's how people are trying to brand it. Nah, like, uh, really if, it was, man. if they were a competitor, they do it during the NFL season. Like they know what they know what they are. Like they're it's it's more for you know on the brink college kids people that just maybe got out of the NFL and maybe trying to get back in like the I know the big name on there the big uh, quarterback PJ Walker he's been on the the Colts practice squad for the last two years and now they're talking about because he's been playing so well down there that he'll get another shot in the NFL which you know I hope he does but I mean I've seen that dude play for two or three years in preseason games, he's not good. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. He's in XFL. And that's like, what I'm saying. Like, if you're a practice squad player, that means you can't beat out like the third or fourth string guy yeah. on the team. Like, I, I think he's good. I think he's good enough to be like, I, I honestly would have preferred him over. Cause I mean, we, we signed uh, Brian Hoyer. I would have preferred PJ Walker because he's been in our system for, you know, two, three years. So I thought he was a better option. But I mean, on, and like his performance on the field isn't like if you look if you watch the XFL and be like, oh well, that's going to be the next guy. Like that's I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think he's he at his his best is you know a backup who can win you two or three games. Like that's what you want from him. But if you want him to be your starter franchise guy, that's not that's you're not going to find him there. But that's not it. Nope. Yeah, it's. Oh, I mean, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I mean, there was a gentleman on Twitter. I think is I think it was the homie J underscore short. 
just trying to say like, oh, Twitter's gonna trick me into watching the XFL. I'm like, no, it's not. So Twitter did get me to watch Love Is Blind, but I was kind of interested in that already. But yeah, but that's different. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't I watch poverty football. I usually don't watch messy TV shows, but um, we did. I think it was last week we talked about Love Is Blind. And while I was in Seattle, you know, I, I put the wife on. We started watching it because I, I really had no intentions of watching more than like one episode, just because I already could see what was going to happen through the rest of the show. And boy, oh boy, the more I watched this shit, the funnier it got, the more ridiculous it got. Just like certain things started to kind of stand out. So <clears throat> everybody already knows about the whole, uh, and we talked about this, the uh, the one gentleman that was black and then bisexual. And then he kind of, you know, was told his, uh, his fiance that he had known him for like six days, which in itself is ridiculous, but the whole show is ridiculous. So, but, you know, he told her about him, you know, dating both genders and whatnot. And I assume from the, the clip that I saw, she threw a drink in his face. I'm like, yep, I knew how this was going to go. But when I actually watched the episode, she was actually, she seemed like she was actually going to, she was open-minded. Like it, she was pretty cool with it. And then dude, man, Carlton got really defensive and then he called her a bitch. And that's when all hell broke loose <laughs> and she threw the drink in his face and pretty much called him gay or something like that. And, uh, he, he said something, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's why your weave been slipping since day one. I was like, oh, my God. Like, and yes, your weave has been trash since the first episode. I'm like, that wife was like, yeah, that's how I knew he was gay. If he was paying that much attention to his weave to kind of throw it back in her face, I'm like, damn, bro, like, you couldn't let her know her weave was fucked up. Like, nobody at the show could let her know her weave was fucked up. Like, damn, like, that's, that's, that's interesting. Another thing that I thought about before it was revealed, I was like, oh, shit. So the one girl, Amber, who's from Augusta, shout out to the hometown. Every time I show her bio and her name, it would say ex-tank driver because she used to be in the army. And I'm like, OK, cool, because everybody else would be like, hey, sales director, content creator, manager, small business owner. And I got to thinking, like, what does ex-tank driver mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that the descriptor they're giving to her? So fast forward when he goes to meet their family and they start talking a little bit more, he discovers that Miss Amber um, doesn't have a job. She's been bouncing from couch to couch. She has $20,000 of student loan debt that she's, that she's refusing to pay because she doesn't have a job. Um, doesn't have a house. Um, yeah. She's like, Oh, I don't, I don't work to live. I don't, yeah, I don't work to live. I live, I don't live to work. I work to live. So pretty much she works just to get by day to day, has no savings, has a maxed out $700 credit card that she spent her last $200 on makeup and is determined to be a stay at home mother while her uh, new husband takes care of all the bills responsibilities. I was like, oh, so that's what exchange driver for me. It means you don't have a fucking job. That's what that means. I was like, yo, this shit is, this shit is out of control, man. I can't believe this is a TV show that you like hooked on. There was a dude. There was a dude on there that said that he might have a might not have a job when he leaves the show. I was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "What is your what is wrong with these people?" Like, he's like, "Oh, I'm so stressed out. I want to be able to provide, but you know, they say I might have a job when I come back to this from this uh, experiment." I'm like. You guys are really risking living in the streets to maybe connect with people on an experimental television show. Like, 
<sighs> get get the fuck out of here, man. This shit, this shit is terrible. And then the dude, Mark, if you watch the show, he's a fucking cuck. Like he is the he might be the simp oh, guy. Okay, sir. Come <laughs> on, man. He he is the simp god. Like clearly the, the 34-year-old woman that chose him second fiddle does not she's not attracted to him. She told him straight up that the other guy that she wanted to be with is sexy. She's not giving up cheeks. And he's just like, oh baby, you know, from the minute I saw you, I want to be with you, and I, I'm here to fight for our love and blah 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 blah. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm not attracted to him. He's 10 years younger than me. He doesn't have a job. Like it's it's this shit is just hilarious. Hilarious. And then she's still trying to get with the dude, Barnett, who's with Amber, who's the hobo woman. Talking about like, oh, are you sure this is gonna work out? You know, what's your room number and just all kinds of wild shit. Like, I can see why she's thirty four and single because she's she's a terrible person, terrible person. Again, I haven't got to the end, but I, I can already predict a couple of things. But it's it's I definitely if you got time to burn and want to laugh at some stuff, definitely definitely check the show out. It's I'm disgusted I enjoy this so much, but it's 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 gold. It is pure gold. So. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So many, so many good shows on and you choose to watch. Why <laughs> <laughs> the, the a reality dating show on Netflix? <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't I didn't get it at first, but it's it's just because like keep people keep talking about it. I'm like, yeah, this shit is this shit is funny. Like, okay, the one good couple on the show, uh the black girl Lauren and uh fucking the engineer dude, I forgot his name, it doesn't matter. But so they go to each other's houses to collect their goods to like, you know, live in their fake house to get to know each other. And they pull up the old girl, Lauren's house, and she lives in like a one bedroom apartment, whatever, whatever. And then they pull up the old dude's house, who's a, a scientist. This dude lives in like a mansion. I'm like, what is going on? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's like, oh, this house is so big. He's like, oh, yeah, this gonna be your house soon. She's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to move into this house. I'm like. Like, you, you, live in a one, you live in a one bedroom house. I'm not trying to hate, but like that's manufactured drama. They know that couple was too good, so they had to make up some stuff. There's no way she was considering staying in her one bedroom apartment, not to go live in this dude's fucking mansion in Atlanta, dog. Like, come on, man. Take that one bedroom apartment and move it into his, his mansion. That's what I was like. This, this shit is this shit is fucking gold. Like, go check this shit out. But <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Anywho, the more or less important things, I had to get those takes off. <laughs> Again, this is like the quarantine episode, so there's more stuff being affected with quarantines, like I said, with service industry workers um, all across sports arenas. Like with the NBA being canceled, we think about the fans not being able to go to games and stuff like that, but all those people that serve beers, cotton candy, peanuts, the people that work at the ticket stands, those people be out of jobs. So there's been a couple of players... Uh, uh, notably Zion Williamson, who is a rookie for the uh, Pelicans, who said that he would uh, put the burden upon his back to pay for what do you say to pay for this the salary or yeah for some of the workers at the stadium. And people were like, "Oh, this is such a great thing! Look at Zion; he's uh, being a role model. When these other players going to step up?" And we're like, um, so these teams that actually employ these people have owners that make not millions of dollars, but billions of dollars. 
mainly off a lot of the work that these people providing the services do when not too many of them are stepping up. Uh, shout out to the owner of the Falcons. He's actually going to pay Arthur Blank. He's going to pay for uh, the salary of some of the workers. And, you know, if it gets to that point with them, you know, not being able to play at the NFL goes that route, which I doubt because they're too greedy. But it it's kind of hustling backwards. People trying to put the uh, responsibility on the athletes to take care of the, the staff rather than the owners who make way more money than them. And so I found that kind of laughable. They're actually the their employers. Like, yeah. And technically, Zion is an employee, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, he works at that stadium, too. I Honestly, I kind of – there's a part of me that wants to see the alternate reality where, like, Zion Williamson and, like, Steph Curry and Trey Young, you know, Paul George or whoever, get on, like, Instagram or Twitter, and they just say, like, hey, I think the owner should still pay these people. Don't – like, not the players don't put up any money. They just say, hey – you should, it's the right thing to do. You should pay the employees just because the season has been postponed. You just, you should still pay their salaries for the, for the remainder of the, of the year. I I would like, and I would like to see how fans would react to that. Just, I just want to see how that would go. I, I know Kevin Love was like the first player that I seen. And um, right after that, like trending was Dan Gilbert, who's of course, uh, what is he, the owner or on the CEO or something yeah, like that? Quick on loans. And of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it was just like, okay, you're a multi billionaire and you let the player do this. You wouldn't do this. Like, c- come on, dude. And uh, shout out to, I know that he has been getting a lot of flack. Rudy Gobert actually uh, donated $500,000 uh, to fans in OKC, Utah, and over in, I think, Italy or something like that. So, France. France, okay, I knew, I knew it was something like that. So shout out to him for doing so. But these greedy owners, man, I tell you, they're, they're something else. Like, I understand some people, they probably will do their donations in private. Um, like the Bensons, they're supposed to be the poorest owners in the NBA. Uh, but I don't know how they own the Saints, too. That doesn't make sense with them being poor. But come on, why is Zion paying for these people's, uh, the con- concession stand workers, the janitors, this, this, and that? Step your game up, make the, you know, hey, you know what, guys, Zion, you don't have to do this, we'll do this, and just kind of do the right thing. It just kind of goes to show you just how greedy some people are. Also, um, I just logged on Twitter, and this is definitely getting off a uh, subject, but uh, who is Owen Baba? You nasty son of a bitch. You met O-H-E-N-B-A-B-A-A. You're disgusting. Okay, you almost made me throw up on this podcast, you nasty motherfucking Frederick Douglass head bitch. This is ridiculous. I'm out. No, okay, yeah, I've, I've actually, I was gonna say that I think the coronavirus might have got rid of the last bit of porn on the timeline. My time has been pretty, uh, it's been pretty solid lately. Not too much uh, freaky deekiness going on. So, I guess my block button has been strong. You know, shout out to y'all for not retweeting porn at. 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Uh, we we appreciate that here at the community podcast. Uh, God damn Christian- it, I rolled right by some more. Like this. <laughs> uh, this this Christian value-based no, podcast. Man. No, the thing with the Ohan Baba Baba, <clears throat> it, it was like a really untamed bush that was posted. <laughs> I mean, I, that's... 
I mean, men post beards, so (laughs) (laughs) it's just a sub beard. (laughs) A low beard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to call that. But um, yeah, this this is this has gone off off the off the rails. Not gonna lie, I'm tired. Um, yeah. Um, what else happened? I'm sure we'll forget something. I I hit stop and I'm like, oh shit, there was 30 other things I want to talk about. But oh man, I was gonna I was gonna ask, is there is there any artist who you would wait 10 years to hear an album from? Um, de- depends what we're talking. Depends what we're talking about. Um, it depends how old they are. Like, um, right now, starting right now, starting so right say now. Like, say, say, it, say Kendrick Lamar. So he hasn't put out a solo album since like in like two years. Two. Yeah, Only two. reason how old is Kendrick Lamar though? That's that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess that shouldn't matter though. It, there's a lot. If someone told you like his next album isn't gonna drop until twenty I don't know, twenty thirteen. Twenty twenty what year is it? Twenty 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 three or something like that? You gotta wait ten years? Are you are you going to be excited for you mean twenty you, or twenty thirty? Whatever, ten years from now. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But like is 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 would it be worth it? You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, I asked this, me and uh, Gary were talking about on the on the timeline and, you know, Andre 3000, he hasn't dropped a solo album since 2003. So, like, if he, if he were to, if he announced, like, hey, in two years I'm dropping an album, do you think people would be excited about that? Well, the difference with that is that Andre 3000 is an established artist. Kendrick Lamar is established. That's um, if you're not aware, he's referring to... Uh, Jay Electronica's album. But the thing is, he's been putting out music semi-consistently. He's been working. He's worked with... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess... I don't know what your definition of semi-consistently is. Like, we'll, 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 save, we'll save it for the, for the, for the other thing. I was just, I was just yeah. if, there's, if there's an artist who's like, all right, my debut album drops in 10 years. But I don't know if that was the intention. I think that's just how it kind of shook out. But because I have a, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts on Jay Electronica, and I, it's, I don't. Yeah, this we'll album get into how he's we'll, viewed, and we'll, we'll get into it next week. We'll, on. It, it, it's, it's, we'll, uh, we'll deep dive in that. But for a rapper from New Orleans, he he doesn't rap like a rap like for a rapper from New Orleans. You would think would rap that. I give him credit for that, but I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have the whole Jay-Z factor as well, too. But yeah. one thing that I did see from Marcus's favorite personality, Charlemagne the God, <laughs> one thing that I'm seeing that I'm kind of disappointed in going into the album is that there is apparently no Just Blaze production on the album. When Just Blaze produced two of his most notable tracks, Exhibit C and Exhibit A, I think. So and I'm starting to think that Just Blaze and Jay-Z might have beef because there was no Just Blaze production on... 444. I don't think there's any Just Blaze production on what was his last album? 444. Man of Card Holy Grail. No. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. There hasn't been a Just Blaze Jay Z track for quite a while, so I'm I'm a bit I'm, I'm a bit con, I'm a bit concerned. <laughs> a bit I'm, concerned. I'm, I'm disappointed that we're we're probably never gonna hear Jay Z on a Kanye West beat. 
It's never gonna happen. I don't know. People think that the Washington throne could become. And it's just like, and I, I don't, I don't want to get too much into this, this J Electronica, but the amount of people that are saying that this is like Watch the Throne Part Two, like, did y'all listen to Watch the Throne? Did y'all even listen to that? Because what yes. J Electronica and Jay Z did is not what Jay Z and Kanye West did. Those are two totally different things. And if if kind if if Jay Z is going to make Watch the Throne Two with an artist not named Kanye West, it's going to be with Rick Ross. He's the only other rapper that's qualified to do it. Yeah, I saw Pratt was actually talking about like, I guess people didn't accept or appreciate Watch the Throne when it came out. I'm like, I I thought it was great immediately when I heard it. Like, I listened nah, to it people hated him. People hated him. Okay, so that was a weird single just because, like, hearing Jay Z and Kanye West on a Lex Luger beat, it was kind of weird. But I mean, yeah, it's essentially it's at the end of the album, too. So, yeah, it's a bonus track, so it didn't even really make the album. Yeah, so I don't, it's it's one of those things where it's different, I guess, how people get it could be intriguing, but maybe it was a heat check, like, hey, maybe we can go in a different direction, but I mean, like. Edwards in Paris was kind of the kind of the same motif, not the typical Jay Z style production, a little bit more upbeat, up tempo. So, and that was a success. You know what I'm saying? So, no, it is what it is. But we'll, we'll definitely get into that more uh, next week. If you got anything to hear about the album, or if you maybe want to jump on and talk about the album, let us know. Um, definitely, uh, shout out to everybody who rocks with us. If you're a new listener, go drop a comment on SoundCloud. Follow my Instagram page. It's mainly just shoes right now, but I am trying to do a contest to give away free money. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm good for it. Um, yeah, so definitely check that out. You got any shout outs? Uh, shout out to, you know, El Chapa. You know, hopefully she'll be back here pretty soon. Uh, shout out to all the music that's been coming out. Um, no shout out to Justin Timberlake. I don't care how many of my favorite artists you work with. I'm not listening to your shit. You can, you, you, if you make a collab album with Anderson Pack, I'm sorry, Anderson. I'm not listening to it. You made a song with SZA. Sorry, SZA. Not listening to it. Justin, go back to the woods. Fuck you. Okay, that one song until the end of time. That that was a really good song. Fuck Justin Timberlake. That that was a really good song with Beyonce. Um, Fuck Justin Timberlake. Obviously, white chocolate. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> my shouts out. Uh, let me see. Uh, El Chapa, you know you missed around here. Uh, need that energy back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to Rev Run. Shout out to It's Tribbles. Uh, chopping it up at the uh, Leroy Fox. Uh, thanks for the jewels. Uh, always uh, look out and support the Ox DJ. Uh, shout out to KJ, the Dallas kid. Um, really, just everybody has always fucked with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's been a long journey. Three years of some change in the game. Uh, not very many podcasts can really hold it together like that. So um, shout out to you guys, you know, for being very consistent, no matter the obstacles. So uh, shout out to at Marcus underscore Sniffles and at SB Report 706. South South Pre 706. Get it right. And you know what? I'm mad. I'm, I'm sorry. You 
Change your name more than me, so it's hard to keep that's, up. That's not true. I kept the name for a while. I mean, I just said I hadn't seen any porn on the timeline. I just <laughs> scrolled through and seen somebody <laughs> getting my back blown out. So let me go ahead and block this account. Jeez huh. Louise. Hey, is that Ooh. Dr. Umar that I sent y'all in that thing? Whoops. Yeah, that's Dr. Umar. That nigga's going crazy. <laughs> Why are you sitting in a hotel? What the Oh, wait, real quick. I got a shout out. Shout out to Amber for being unsuspended and then immediately tweeting about like the wildest things. And actually, shout out to Amber, not shout out, but if you follow her in the timeline, she was clearly exposed the day after she got suspended for being an IG, an IG honey. Like, there's all kinds of cheeks out and wow. I was like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing here, Amber? Like, is that if that you need a bear claw or something like that? Yeah, if you need a prayer partner, just, just know we're here for you. We're here to support you, you know. This is a yeah, Christian value-based podcast. You yeah, know. I got some holy water for that face if you need it. You know, so, oh, oh, God. Shout out to Amber. Uh, need to get you on the podcast. We had you on Dirt Burnation Report, but I want to get you on the committee podcast as a young and up-and-coming uh doctor, future doctor, you know, hashtag black excellence. So we want to, we want to, you know, have that that light shine out here in the world but anywho this community podcast we out peace <clears throat> shit <sighs> all right